uh, teaching or preaching about the revelation about the Antichrist being assassinated. And during that assassination, there's a prophet that rises up. And it's not saying that he wasn't there before, but the Bible definitely starts mentioning there. In Revelation chapter 13, um, let's see. I guess the best place to start is uh, verse 10. Revelation chapter 13, verse 10. And he that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth. And he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. And he exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him, and causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast, whose deadly wound was healed. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, uh, we're just praying for wisdom this morning, Lord God. We pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will lead God and direct us in all truth, Lord God. And I pray, Father, these words will come off the page. Father, I do pray, Lord, if there's somebody in here this morning that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, Father, they can't think of a time that they've received you. Lord, if they can't think of it, don't know for sure if they were to die tonight, if they'd go to heaven or hell, Lord, I pray, Lord, as we give the invitation at the end of these services, Lord, they come on down and get saved and get right with you, Lord. And Lord, we do thank you, Father, for the salvation we have, the free gift, the eternal life. And we thank you, Lord, that uh, when we have it, you can't take it away from us, Lord. We thank you that you're not an Indian giver, Lord, that you give us that free gift of eternal life through grace and mercy. In Jesus Christ, holy name I pray. Amen. Amen. So what happens is the Antichrist, the Bible says, he rises up and then he takes a deadly wound. He gets assassinated. And when he gets assassinated, he gets healed up. But here in verse 11, it says, and let's go back to verse 11. Let's start breaking this down. I beheld another beast. The first beast would be the Antichrist coming up out of the earth. Remember, the Antichrist came up out of the sea. So this one, this false prophet, we're going to call him the false prophet, he comes up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, so he appears kind of like a religious leader. He has the horns like a lamb, but look, and he spake as a dragon, fierce and with fire. So he's a religious leader, he, he's a false prophet, he, he has that religious look to him, but he speaks with fierceness, and, with, and look what he has him do, and he exercises all the power of the first beast before him. Power to do miracles and wonders. And he causes the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast. So it's a worship of the beast as a god. And he says, well, whose deadly wound was healed. So when that, whenever that, that Antichrist is assassinated, it appears he dies and then he's resurrected. It appears he's resurrected. Now he might not physically resurrect. It might just be, it appears that he died and resurrected. Either way, he, he, he tells everybody, now we need to start worshiping. We need to start worshiping the Antichrist. Of course, he's not calling the Antichrist, but we need to start worshiping this great, this great leader, the, uh, which we know as the Antichrist. Verse 13, And he doeth great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. Now, while that's important in your Bible, if you know your Bible, one of the, my favorite stories of the Bible is the story of Elijah, where Elijah has a, has a contest with Baal and his prophets, and they had argued, who's the real God? Well, Baal's prophet says, we serve the real God, Baal. And Elijah says, Israel, y'all need to stop serving this false God, and you need to serve the real God, the God of Israel. And they said, well, let's have a contest. And they, they made the little stone altar, and Elijah said, let's say, whoever God can bring fire down from heaven, he's the truth. True God, and they all agreed. We'll do that. So that he let Baal's prophets go first, and they built the altar, and they put their sacrifice on the altar, and they got up on the altar, and they were dancing, and fire didn't come. And then they were cutting themselves, and they were chanting till about noon, and fire didn't come. And Elijah, being a good Baptist, he starts making fun of them. 
mocking them. He starts saying, well, maybe your God's gone on a journey. Maybe your God's asleep somewhere. Maybe you need to get a little louder. So they start chanting louder. They start cutting themselves, and nothing happens. So Elijah's turn comes, and he says, hey, guys, bring me some water. He brings barrels of water, and he digs a trench, and he puts water all around the side of the trench. Why is he doing that? So nobody can say that there was a trick behind it. That it was some kind of magic that they went up underneath the altar. Then he poured water, barrels of water on top of the altar. So the altar is completely drenched with water. Then he stands up and said, God, if you're the real God, bring fire. And then about that time, fire comes down from heaven. It just burns up the altar. And just what did Israel say? Israel said, Elijah's God is the real God. Elijah's God is the real God. That was the contest. But you're seeing here in verse 13... This wonder is that he maketh fire come down from heaven on earth in the sight of men. It's almost, it appears that maybe there's another contest, and somebody's saying, well, if he was the real, if, if, if this Antichrist was really God, he'll be able to bring fire down from heaven. And what happens, lo and behold, here comes fire down from heaven. Guys, if you're looking for signs and wonders, the devil will give you all the signs and wonders you need to believe and send yourself to hell. You need to watch out for those signs and wonders, those healing, those powers. You've got to watch out for that. Look at verse 14. He deceiveth them. He deceiveth them. That's all the devil's plan is, is to deceive you and send you into hell. And he deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast or the antichrist, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live. And that verse tells us there, we've already looked at this verse before, that verse tells us that, that the, the Antichrist is assassinated by, getting, by some sword hitting him. And we saw in Zechariah chapter 11 that the sword hits him, hits him on the right side of his face because it takes his eye out, hits him on his arm, dries his arm, plumb up, and then he's resurrected. But he says he's going to make an image, the false prophet says, oh guys, let's make an image to the beast. Now notice it says to the beast. So it doesn't necessarily have to be an image of the beast. Now, it's going to use that phraseology in a minute. In the next verse, it says image of the beast, but it could be an image that's owned by the beast. In other words, this image is not necessarily, it could be an image of anything. We don't know what that image looks like. It don't necessarily have to have the image of a man, but it is an image. It's, it's a figure. You've seen this in Daniel. Remember, Daniel makes this great image. In Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar makes this great image, and he says Who everybody has to bow down and worship this image. And if you don't, We'll be thrown into the fiery furnace. And then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the three Jewish boys, said, we're not going to worship it. And they threw him in the fiery furnace. Nebuchadnezzar threw him in the fiery furnace. Everybody read that story? And what happened when they're in a fiery furnace? Nebuchadnezzar said, I thought we threw three in there, but I see four, and one of them looks like the Son of God. <laughs> That's Jesus Christ walking around in there with them. They didn't get, not one hair of their head was singed by that fire, and they were called out. But one of my favorite points of that story is this. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were talking to Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar says, if you don't bow down and worship this image I've made, I'm going to throw you in a fiery furnace. And they said, we don't know if God's going to protect us or not, but one thing we do know, we're not going to bow down to that image. In other words, you can take us and burn us or whatever, but we're not bowing down to that image. I think that's where we're coming to in America, to where we might, some of us in here might lose our life for what we believe, but one thing or another, I'm not going to stop believing in Jesus Christ, no matter what somebody tells me. And he gave them power. Look at verse uh, 15. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. Notice he making this image come alive and start speaking. Now, a uh, hundred years ago, this was impossible. Fifty years ago, this was impossible. 
25 years ago, this was hard to make it happen. But now we're living in the day and age where they have robots that, what do the robots do? They got robots, they've designed AI that will make things come alive and start speaking and have its own, have its own life. Guys, what we forget about, we see this stuff, we're like, well, I know how that could happen. But you've got to realize this was written 2,000 years ago. Before any of this could happen, this was 2,000 years ago, this was prophesied that there could be an image and this image could speak and do, all, do these wonderful things. And I notice the end of verse 15, and calls that as many as would not worship the image. Now they're not only worshiping the beast, now they need to worship this image of the beast should be killed. You don't have to turn there, but in Revelation chapter 20, verse 4, Revelation chapter 20, verse 4, it says that they'll have their heads cut off. They'll be beheaded for not worshiping the beast. In, in Revelation 24, they'll have their heads cut off. Who cuts people's heads off nowadays? Muslims, Islam. When they don't like what you're doing, they'll cut your head off. Pretty, pretty, uh, pretty, uh, now, th this Bible's way ahead of us. It's way ahead of us. And I've studied this, this scripture here. I've studied this scripture since the early 90s. Since 91, 92, I started studying the book of Revelation. And I remember seeing this stuff, and I'm like, well, how's that? I don't know. I guess it could happen. You know, I believed it, but, man, nowadays I see it. It could happen right now. And what we're about to read in the next three verses can happen right now. And it could, look, let's look at verse 16. And he causeth all. He causeth all. There's a mandate for you. You like those mandates the government's been giving us? He causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. And that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred three score and six. Three score. Score is 23. Three times 20 is 60. So you got 660 and six. Six, six, six. So those last three verses about the mark of the beast and the number of his name, I'm gonna be, that's what I'm going to be preaching on and teaching on this morning, and we're going to be focusing on some of that. But what I want to focus on is have up here on this transparency signs that we're living in the end times from the book of Revelation. Well, first off, the sign that we're living in the end times, according to the Laodicean church, is we're living in church apostasy. I've seen up on the internet where these churches have men dressed as women with purple hair and have these rainbow flags behind them telling them how God has told them to dress like a woman. And I, I'm, I'm just flabbergasted by that. And I wish I could say that was only happening in one church across America. It's happening in many, many churches. Church apostasy, where nobody cares about the Bible. They'd rather just get rid of this book and start just ta uh, teaching on human uh, philosophy and human uh, beliefs. Uh, the, second, the second sign that we're living in the end times is the third temple. So there's a possibility at any moment they could build that third temple. And you know through studying the book of Revelation with me, there has to be that temple mount. There has to be that temple built so the Antichrist can stand in there and say, I'm God. So the, uh, the third part, and this is what we're going to focus on this morning, is there's going to be a one world religion. And you see there a one world religion in Revelation 13, 12. tells them to worship, to worship the beast. And there will be a one world government. According to the book of Revelation 13, there's going to be a one world religion, there's going to be a one world government. Let's focus on the one world religion right now. So one world religion. So we see in Revelation 13, 15 that they're told to worship, everybody has to worship the image of the beast. And the false prophet, there's a false prophet that rises up and he causes the earth and them which dwell therein to worship 
The first beast whose daily wound was healed. There's a one world, they're coming to, they want a one world religion. They want all the religions to unite together. I had a, a brother in Christ just ask me the other day, he said, why can't we all get united? Why can't the denominations all get along? Well, it's all because we, one of the things is because we argue about the Bible, amen. But you can't have me walk down the same path as a Catholic. I can't walk the same path as a Catholic. I'm not saying there's not saved, some saved Catholics, brothers and sisters, but I can't walk down the same path of a Catholic that puts Mary almost on the same level as Jesus Christ, if not sometimes above Jesus. I can't walk that path. You can't unite me with, you can't unite me with a Jehovah's Witness, amen? But that's what the world wants us to do, and I'm going to show it to you. So this is the one world religion. This is helped by the Catholic Church. So the Catholic Church, they, and here's Pope Francis, they're all the time trying to unite all these different religions together. And they're always trying to get them together. And they want, they want unity. Notice here, I put this up here. Notice right here. Together, fates of the world unite. It's a one world religion, just like the false prophet wants to do, a one world religion. And I believe the Catholic Church is trying to bring, is the, the devil is using the Catholic Church through this pope right here to bring in a one world religion. It wants everybody to unite. So this is a video a few years back that Pope Francis put out. I'm not going to show the video, but it's an interreligious dialogue video he put out. And in that video, he says here, The people is shown requesting collaboration with those who think differently, but meet God in different ways. Are there different ways to meet God? Not according to Jesus Christ. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh to the Father but by me. That's what Jesus Christ said. He said, there's a, the Bible says there's, there's, there's a way, there's a way that seemeth right unto man, but the ends thereof are the ways of death. He said, there's different ways. The video, complete with patriotic sound and music, shows Christians, Muslims, Buddhists, and Jews declaring, I believe in love, and then coming together as they proclaim their belief in God or confidence in Buddha is what they say. And you see this picture here out of the video. They're showing all of them. They're all trying to come together and trying to unite in love. Well, that'll unite in love and you'll be burning in hell. The only way you're going to find God's love is at the cross of Calvary. That's where God's love is manifested out. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's where God's love at. It's not found in Buddha or Muhammad or in the law. God's love. It's hard to find God's love in the law, Amen. If you're a Jew, it's hard to find it. We're studying that in Galatians, and Paul's teaching us that. You can't hardly find, you, a man can't find righteousness in the law for himself. It's only through Jesus Christ. And you're seeing where this Pope here, this religious leader, is trying to bring people and unite people together. So there's a thing, and if he does that, of course he's going to want to be in charge. This is the, old, this is the last Pope. He just passed away recently, Pope Ratzinger. He was of the Nazi youth movement. And most of them are uh, ex, ex Nazis. But here's, here he is sitting on this big old golden throne telling everybody we need to help the poor. You know, he's telling everybody, we need to help the poor. He sits on this probably a million dollar throne made of pure gold. He'll want to be in charge. So you see, there's an opportunity for a false prophet to rise up and take care of this Antichrist and to preach the truth of the Antichrist. And the Bible says and prophesies that there will be. Now, there's a thing called the One World Religion Day. World Religion Day. In this World Religion Day, you see all these different symbols. These symbols are supposed to represent all the religions of the world. All the religions of the world. Buddhism. This would be, I mean, this is a Shintoism. This is Buddhism. Got, of course, you got Christianity. I, I believe that's a Sokka, whatever they call that. Taoism. Uh, Hinduism. All that. So, 
this thing first came on my ra ra radar back in 2009 when I first started seeing this. And you see all the world religions, they want to reunite. Notice up here, oops. Notice up here it says the religion, religion must be the cause of unity. One world religion. Religion must be the cause of unity. And they have a music, dance, prayers, chanting. So this happened just this year. It happens on the third, uh, Jan the third weekend, or third Sunday of January, I think. Or here it is, uh, or there it is on a Monday. Third weekend of January, somewhere in there. January 2023, they have all the religious leaders getting together at this summit. And notice it's celebrating World Religion Day. Notice it was put on by the Muslim Network. Put on by the Muslim Network. How can you... <laughs> If you know anything about the Muslim network, what's the one thing you know about Muslims? They're not tolerant of any other religion. But they're going to put on this thing where they're, they're bringing in all these other religions. They want them to bow down to them is what they want to do. But you see this unity. They're trying to bring all the religions and unite them. Why can't a, why can't a Buddhist and a, a Christian get along? Well, because a Buddhist teaches a different way to God. A Buddhist will teach you that you need to rely on yourself for salvation. What does Jesus Christ say? You don't rely on yourself. You rely on me for salvation. It's too, you can't, it's not the same thing. You can't unite. We can't come together. It don't work. But they want it to work. And the devil wants it to work because they all want this one world religion. And that's what they're shooting for. Here's a definition of it. The aim of World Religion Day held on the third Sunday in January every year is to promote interfaith understanding and harmony. Though a, through a variety of events held around the globe, followers of every religion, every religion, are encouraged to acknowledge the similarities that different faiths have. Every religion has similarities. Yeah, there's some similarities between Buddhism and Christianity when it comes to talking about love. But it's not a way to God, right? It's not a way to God. But they want us to be similar and to start talking about our similarities, but it doesn't work. There's only going to be one king, and his name is Jesus Christ, no other king. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And they put this up there. It is time. It is time we realize that religions are not meant to divide us, but to bring us all together. Happy World Religion Day. You're going to see more and more of this. I'm not surprised that the kids in school are not taught some of this. If not, they will be taught it because it's all become, it's coming reality. So they even put it up here like that. They use these little... I, I can't stand Funko Pops. Some of y'all might not know what I mean when I say Funko Pop. I know some of y'all do. I can't stand Funko Pop. They're made to be thrown in the trash. But they use what they're their big old heads, little bitty bodies. So they, it's for, the kids love these. So they're trying, to get, they're trying to reach the kids with this. All the world religions, let's all gather together, and let's all hold hands, and let's all be united into one world religion. But it doesn't work. It doesn't work. So this guy right here, his religion says he should kill all these other religions. This religion here, even though they're probably showing it as a Catholic, this Christianity right here, we're supposed to be tolerant of everybody else in love. World Religion Day, this is what uh, Ipecus said. All religions must be tolerated for every man must get to heaven in his own way. Every man must get to heaven in his own way. You're seeing this stuff. You're seeing this in the world. You're seeing this all over the Internet. And you're seeing this pushed and pushed to where we're, we, are, uh, we are hated because we teach only one way. And we teach that one way is Jesus Christ. Why do we teach that one, there's only one way, Jesus Christ? Because that's what our Savior told us. Our Savior told us that. Jesus Christ told us there's only one way. Here's Michael Jackson's funeral. And you say, why are you showing Michael Jackson's funeral? 
Here they are dancing around. They're making a big show of it, holding hand in hand. But here's what I wanted to show about Michael Jackson's funeral. When Michael Jackson had his funeral, they all got up here, all these celebrities, all these singers and everything. And look, at we are the ones. And they had all the religious symbols of all the different religions. See this one right up here? If you look close, those are three crescents put together. There's a crescent moon there, one, two, and three. So there's three crescent moons. That right there is the three goddesses of witchcraft. Three goddesses of witchcraft, what we would call Wiccan. The world calls Wiccan witchcraft the three goddesses. That's that symbol, what that symbol means. I had to look that up. I it looked like a nuclear, <laughs> I thought it was a nuclear something or another. Like, what does that mean? I've never seen that one right there. I had to look it up. Three goddesses, that's what that is. Witchcraft, witching. But we're all going the same way. Yeah, you are. If you don't know Jesus Christ, you're all going to hell. You need Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. That's what we preach. Jesus Christ said it's a narrow way. Broad is the way into destruction. Narrow is the way in life. Narrow. It's a narrow. Why is it a narrow way? Because it's one way. It's the only one door. Any man coming any other way is a thief and a robber, Jesus Christ said. It's, it's a narrow way. It's one door. It's Jesus Christ. And when you know about Jesus Christ, why would you want to try to go any other way? Seriously. When you know that Jesus Christ, will, you come and ask him for eternal life, he just gives it to you? It's a free gift? I don't have to do nothing, Lord? No, it's grace. It's called grace. I'm just going to give it to you. If you receive it, I'll give it to you. Every other religion, you've got to do something. You've got to earn it. And you're going to just, instead of just having somebody give it to you, you're going to try to go earn it? Man, you go your way, I'll go my way. I'm going the way I know will get me into heaven. That's through Jesus Christ. One world religion. The Bible says in Proverbs eleven twenty one, though hand and join in hand, the wicked shall not be unpunished. No matter if all the world's religions unite together, when Jesus Christ comes back, he's going to wipe them all out. One world government. So what they're trying to do now is bring in a one world government. Y'all see this. Y'all know this. Anybody who watches any kind of news knows this is what's going on. So... That no, that no man might buy or sell save that he had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. So somebody, they're going to try to control you with this mark to where you can't buy or sell. If you can't buy or sell, you can't live. You can't live without buying or selling. So there'll be a one currency and a one law. One currency and a one law. You're seeing this going on in the world, in the world today. As can be seen with the United Nations... Well, the United Nations get together, and then they start trying to tell everybody what to do and how to do, and they make up these laws that they want the whole world to follow. The world banks do the same thing. They're trying to make a one-world currency. They're trying to get away from, the, from cash. They want us to go to a cashless society. World Health Organization, do you think they have power? Uh, if, you didn't, if you weren't around during the pandemic, if you were around during the pandemic, you know they have a lot of power. It's amazing how they shut the whole world down. This WHO right here. They want centralized computers through the internet. They want to control what, you're, what they're doing over in Germany now. Uh, Elon Musk owns Twitter now, and Elon Musk has allowed Twitter to be a lot more free speech, so Germany's trying to shut him down and sue him and shut him down. Elon lives down at, well, he, I don't know where he's living now, but he's moved a lot of that down here in Texas. And, and he's trying to move tr Twitter out of San Francisco. The point is, is it's an American-based company. Why is a German, a German government telling him what to do? Because it's worldwide. It's going to a worldwide system. A worldwide web. WWW, right? So if you look on your, if you go, you search anything on your computer, it's always uh, HTTP, 
you got the, you got the uh, marker, but it's always www.google or www.whatever it is. What's interesting about that is if you look in the Hebrew, in the Hebrew, you've got the Hebrew alphabet. It starts, it reads from right to left. So the sixth letter of the Hebrew alphabet is a W. See that right there? So you got WWW, you got six, six, six. It's all hidden in plain sight. It's hidden in plain sight. It's hidden in plain sight. So the computers are bringing in the cashless society. Uh, it's amazing to me how much this has progressed since I first started teaching this about a cashless society because I started reading about this way back in the day. But you're noticing that everything's going to a self-checkout. They're going to where they're pushing to where you don't have anybody you're interacting with. You're interacting with a computer. The computer's telling you what it is and what it isn't. And what I mean by that is if you go to Walmart and no one knows the price without a computer. You ever notice at Walmart, you go to Walmart, and, and I say Walmart because everybody in here has been at Walmart. If you find something on a shelf and there's no sticker, there's, it's not priced. It's so bad that my wife has a Walmart app that so she can look up the price, like scan it and look up the price. So if you've ever been at Walmart, and I have when the computers go down, what do you find out? You, they, Walmart completely shuts down when the computers are down. I've been to Walmart where there was probably 200 people look like in lines waiting to check out and the computers are down. Nobody could check out with the computers down. So we're getting run and controlled by computers in, everybody, in everyday society. So I'm going to throw this up here. This was back in 2012. Uh, 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 this back in 2007. So you how long ago it was. So the leader, of the chief of, of Visa said that by 2012 he wanted us to be a cashless society. And, of course, we know that didn't happen, but we know we're going. Remember when the pandemic happened? What did they tell us, that there was a shortage on coins? Come on, man. There was a shortage on coins. They didn't want you to use coins. Some real, it says here he thinks by, by 2012 some retailers could soon start surcharging customers if they choose to buy products with cash because of the greater cost of processing these payments, he warned. You know what? I've noticed the total opposite. I've noticed that when I go into business, they say, if you'll pay cash, I'll give you a discount. If you, if, uh, Storms is doing that here in Hamilton. If you, if you don't pay cash, there's going to be a what, 3% charge. Thank God they're doing that. They're smart to do that. Because all Visa and MasterCard are doing, they're just getting, every transaction, they're just taking a little 3% tax off of that. And it is a tax. And they're using that. And they're trying to, so the total opposite of this has really happened. But soon enough, you won't be able to use cash. They're going to go cashless. Uh, I've been down in Austin in two or three different places in Austin, Texas, where they don't even take cash. It's card only. And I had a friend of me ask, why would they, why would they do card only? They don't make any sense. Well, because their employees can't steal the money. There's no money to be counted. There's no cash that can be stole out of the cash register. You're, they just you scan the card. They don't have anything to do with the money. There's a lot of advantages to going cashless, and they're pushing it, and they're pushing it, and they're pushing it. Now, I know if you're like me, most of the time, I'm walking, around the, I'm walking around with my wallet, and I don't have that much cash on me. All my cash is up in a computer somewhere in the, in the sky. It's in a banking system. And I go on my computer, and I say, I've got this much money in the bank, but you don't have it in cash, do you? It's on a computer. Have you ever thought about that? You ever thought about, what if I opened up my banking account on my computer and looked in there, and it said my account was zero? How would you prove that, that it's all gone? Now, I watch that y'all going to leave out here and go rush the banks. And, <laughs> Those why, remember the banks started failing? 
recently. We had some banks start failing, and they were worried that the banks were going to get a run on the banks, and people were going to try to pull all their money out and everything. I'm not trying to scare you, but listen, you could pull all your money out, but the Antichrist, when he takes over, he's going to make you use the system. You can't buy or sell without it. Now, I'm not saying there won't be some underground stuff going on, but we're talking about how you're going to pay your water bill. How are you going to pay your electricity bill? You notice how everything's going to online? And it's the debit card. They want you to pay everything online. They want, you, they want, to, direct, everybody wants, they want to direct deposit your check. They don't want to give you cash. They don't want to give you a check. They want to direct deposit into an account that's on a computer and all your payments are going online. Years ago, we'd go down to, we'd go down to the gas company and pay my gas bill. We'd go down to the electric company and pay my electric bill. And the, I don't even know where my electric company's based out of. Everything's doing online. And then I pay it online, and I still have electricity. But what happens when the time comes when Antichrist says, if you don't have this mark, you can't pay your bill? So what I'm trying to show you is it's not just enough to say, well, I'll have foods, I'll grow my own food in the backyard. Well, yeah, you'll be living without electricity, without water. And in that time and period, guys, the Antichrist is going to control all of this through a, one, a cashless society. And it says here, this uh, MasterCard, Mastro here, Cash is so last millennium, making fun of cash, saying, oh, that's just old ways. Now, you, you young kids in here, I know y'all are growing up this way, and you're so used to not doing everything through a phone, and you pay things through a phone, you do all that, but us old guys with gray hair, we don't like that. We don't like that at all. I like to give cash, I like to get change, I like to have it in my pocket, but I know that, I know I'm old-fashioned. So the mark of the beast, will it be a barcode? So back in the 70s when barcodes were invented, they started wondering if that's not the way the mark of the beast will be. And you know how barcode works? works. Uh, barcode, you can find a barcode on just about every item that's for sale. You notice that. They even put barcodes on fruit and vegetables now before it can scan, if they do, and they're going that way. They put little stickers that have barcodes on them. But either way, they're, they're all going to this, their barcodes on everything. That's why when Walmart shuts down, they have no way to scan that to find out what the price is so they can charge you. It's all barcoded. So there was, a, in the 70s, a lot of Christians, they said, oh no, this might be the Antichrist. And this is why they thought that. So here's an anatomy of a barcode. Every barcode's like this. It's got these digits in the middle, and it's got these digits at the end. So this tells them what manufacturer, this number here tells them the manufacturer of this item, and this, these numbers right here tell them, tell them the product code. So what, what it is, is the computer doesn't read these numbers. The scanner reads these lines here. Every one of these bars, and these bars, the thickness of the bars and the thinness of the bars tells the computer what number that is. So on this side is a, is a bar, it's like a guard bar. So you got three guard bars. You got this one, you got the middle one, these here that are green. These, these digits here are just check digits here for the computer to read it out. But every barcode is set up this exact same way. Set up the exact same way. So here's, they've shown you here, every one of these, every, above every one of the numbers, shows the number one looks like this, has this little bar. Number two has these little bars, how they're separated like that. Three has a real wide bar. But look at number six. Number six has two, two bars. What makes that interesting is, these are the guard bars. Every barcode has these three bars. So you got, you got, it starts first in the middle and then the last, and then what's in between. Every barcode has that. That's why they freaked out, because here's the number six. See, I put it in blue here. See what it looks like? It's exactly like this one here, the first or second line. So what you have here is six, six, six on every barcode that's on every package 
all through the world, 666. On everything that has a barcode. Everything. So they asked the inventor of the barcode, why is that, so, what, what's going on? Is this the mark of the beast? What's going on? And he said, and you don't have to read this whole thing, but he said it's just a coincidence. <laughs> it's just a coincidence. Now, you might believe in coincidences. I don't. I don't believe the barcode is the mark of the beast. I'm not trying to convince you the barcode is the mark of the beast. What I'm trying to show you, brothers and sisters, is there's the spirit of Antichrist that's been working in this country for years and years and years and is getting ready. The Antichrist is getting ready. That devil, Satan, our adversary, he's getting this world system ready to receive his Christ, the Antichrist. And you're seeing this whole world system. And when you're seeing where you can't buy or sell without a bar barcode, without them scanning a computer, you're seeing that very system have the fingerprint of the devil on it. The fingerprint of the Antichrist. Just like you can see the fingerprint of God of all his creation out here, you'll see the fingerprint of God, you'll see the fingerprint of the devil and everything he's messing with. And the fingerprint of the devil is 666. The Bible says he has wisdom, knows the number. It's 666. You'll see it. So, probably will not be the barcode. Why do I think it's not going to be the barcode? Well, number one, Revelation 13, 6. Let's read it together. 13, 16. Revelation 13, 16. And I'm getting close to closing. Revelation 13, 16. I want you to notice this. Why it's so important to read. Not just read your Bible, to really read it. Look at Revelation 13, 16. This is where the brothers and sisters, they didn't ha quite have it right yet. Back in the 70s. They were on the right path, but they didn't have it quite right. Because look at verse 16. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. Notice the Bible doesn't say on. O-N. Read it with me. Very end of verse 16. To receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. That mark's on the end. It's in. See that? It's in. It's not on. So our barcode would be put on. But we're noticing the Bible says 2,000 years ago, brothers. Now notice this is 2,000 years ago. The Bible's prophesying that that mark's going to be in your right hand or in your forehead. So technology is advancing from the barcode. What's it advancing to? It's advancing to a, it's going to advance to a chip, a little bowel chip. So let me, it's going to be a visible mark, but the word is a mark, and the Lord set a mark upon Cain. Let's find him, he should kill him. And I'm going to get into that next Sunday, about that mark, that visible mark. And let me show you a little bit about this uh, biocode, this biochip. Could it be a biochip? And the reason why I'm pointing out this is in your right hand or in your forehead. Now they got this chip they're trying to make, and there, there's a little breakdown of it, but here's what it looks like. Here's a grain of rice. Here's the, here's the biochip. And what they want to do is they want to put this biochip underneath your skin. And with this biochip, when they insert it inside your skin, they can scan it and read it. And it'll be, here's an here's a x-ray of it with it inside somebody's hand. When they, when they put that in your hand, then that, that put that in the hand, they can, you can use that as, as a, to do all kinds of things that we're having trouble with with this new computer. What's the problem with computers? is that people are hacking computers. People are getting your information. 
They're stealing your information. They steal your credit card. They, they, you, everybody in this room has probably been affected that way where somebody stole their information off their credit card and used it and had to call the bank and say, hey, I didn't charge that. Somebody else charged that to my account and they used my credit card. Everybody in this room has probably had those kind of experiences or knows somebody who has. So this is how they're trying to sell it to us. Ten ways to use the biochip in everyday life. So they put this little chip in there, and it can help you control your, your appliances. They can help you control your computer. It can help you control your uh, calendar events and safe, like you have something locked up in a safe. You can use your biochip to open up that safe because it will be uniquely to you. That biochip is uniquely for you. It helps you for security purposes on your credit card and debit card. And instead of using out a card that can be stolen or can be, uh, all the numbers can be took away and used on the internet, you have to have that little chip and then it'll let you buy or sell. It, it, give, it give you the keys. Instead of somebody, somebody can't steal your car and you have that key in there, that biochip, it can help you open up the door of your car or start the engine of the car because it's got that biochip in there. For a passport, they have all your information, all your information on a pa passport. It'll be like a passport in that little biochip. It'll tell them if you've been vaccinated or not. All your medical history will be in there. Tell you how, how you voted, who you voted for. All your banking information can be on there. Help you surf the net. You see how they're trying to sell it to people? It's convenience. It's convenience. It's safety. It's security. Because we're living in a world where people would rather have safety than liberty. And I, I, I don't know about y'all, I can't speak for y'all, but I love liberty. And I'd rather have liberty than have mandates and have churches shut down and them telling us what we can do or not can do. I'd rather have my liberty. Biochip could be used as one of the methods to control the population of the world. You can see how that could be used to control everybody. Everybody has to take that mark. But as a mark, it won't work because it's got to be visible. It's got to be visible. So... Next Sunday, Lord willing, and Lord doesn't change my heart, I'm gonna be, I'll, I'll pick this back up and we'll look at this mark of the beast. If you're interested in the mark of the beast and what it is and the number 666, I'm going to show you all kinds of things going on in society associated with the number 666. So this is more of a teaching than a preaching. And I appreciate y'all coming in here, but the truth is, is that what I've tried to show you is a lot of neat stuff, but what I want you to grab out of this is notice how this book was written 2,000 years ago. This book was written 2,000 years ago, and it's like reading a modern-day newspaper. As you're seeing all this stuff take place. And notice how in the 70s, our brothers and sisters in Christ were saying, Hey, the barcode, the barcode, because it, be, it would be tattooed on the right hand. It could be tattooed on the forehead. And now we're reading our Bible. And what did our Bible say the whole time for 400 years in the King James Bible? What did the Bible say? It's going to be in the right hand, in the forehead. Y'all just keep reading. This book's ahead of us. And if this book's right about that, I'm telling you, it's right about your salvation and your need for Jesus Christ. And it's right about a devil's hell waiting for you if you don't know Jesus Christ. Because we will be judged. You can either be judged now and have the judgment be put on Jesus Christ and you take His righteousness or stand before God in your own righteousness and try to answer for all your sins. Now, I believe in liberty and it's a free country. Do what you want to do, but I'm not standing before God to answer for my sins. That'll be a long time coming. I'm going to let Jesus Christ answer for my sins. That's the only way to do it. Hello, friends. This is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church of Indian Gap, Texas. If you'd like to contact us, you can do it at IndianGapBaptist.com. On the internet, it's IndianGapBaptist.com. But I have a question for you. If you died tonight, do you know if you'd go to heaven?
You know, if you're not sure, let me show you a few verses out of the Bible so you can know if you have eternal life. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So that verse tells us there that you can know you have eternal life. And I want to show you how you can know that. Jesus Christ talked in John chapter 3, verse 16, and most people have heard this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's an amazing verse, of course, talking about how God gave Jesus Christ as a gift to the world. But verse 17 and 18, he went on to say something interesting. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So the whole reason Jesus Christ came into this world was to save you and to save me and you. But in verse 18, he says something that's amazing. He says that he that believeth on him is not condemned. He's stressing a faith. It's putting your faith into Jesus Christ. But he says there in verse 18, But he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So he says you're condemned already if you haven't believed in Jesus Christ. It's not like you're going to go to heaven and you're going to stand before God and you're going to have God put your good deeds on the scale and your bad deeds on, on the other side of the scale and he's going to weigh it. And if you've been a good enough person down on this earth that he'll let you into heaven. It doesn't work that way. Jesus Christ is real explicit here to say that you're condemned already. You need a savior right now. The same chapter down in verse 36, it says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. It goes back to a believe, putting your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But the verse continues, And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. See, it's going on right now. You need a Savior right now. You need to be saved from a devil's hell. Paul sums it up real good here in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, Thou shalt be saved. It's putting your faith in Jesus Christ from the heart. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And then with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's very important to confess Jesus Christ because the mouth shows where the heart's at. And in verse 13 he sums it up. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So friends, as simple as just bowing your head and saying a prayer, something like this. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you can came up from the grave and are alive right now listening to me. I invite you into my heart to save me. Please save me, Lord Jesus. Amen. If you prayed something similar to that, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. And God bless you. And until next time. Casting all your care upon him